appreciators on today's episode uh we're a little behind the conversation and we are talking about Shyamalan's knock at the cabin sure but you know we have fully digested it yeah at this point <laughs> unlike everyone else out there yeah whose guns are blazing yeah with pew, their hot pew, takes pew, 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 pew. yeah trying to comment on it we're we've let Shyamalan, Shyamalan's latest marinate simmer if you will simmer yeah 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 we're like one of those wine connoisseurs you know like we, we take the movie we spin it on the table give mm-hmm. it a little sniff yeah we take a sip spit it out spit it out take a sip spit it out mm-hmm. yep <laughs> let the uh let the flavors mm-hmm. go around in our mouth mm-hmm. yeah it tastes like produced by universal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it looks like it was a you know i it it tastes like it was adapted by a novel by Paul Tremblay. It does taste a little bit like yeah. that. Yeah, it's Good not an it's not an original. No, it's not, which is slightly unusual for old Shyamalan. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm wearing uh, my Terminator shirt today. Mm. You Andrew, know, Andrew's wearing a. In case these are audio listeners, yeah, <laughs> he's got a great Smoky Mountains shirt on. Yeah. Nothing to do with movies. With some blue jeans. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, but I just got this shirt and I'm really excited about it. So Yeah. I just thought I would bring it up and try to pull more watchers to our YouTube channel. Yeah, so check it out. Why it's great. <laughs> Why it's great on YouTube.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, uh unless you've been living in a cabin <laughs> in the uh, woods. In the woods. Uh huh. You've probably seen how I wouldn't say controversial, but no, um, a little bit of a mixed bag knock at the cabin has been. Honestly, I thought that there were a lot more positive yes. things being said about knock at the cabin than I had assumed there would be. It, yeah, I thought there'd be a lot more people that kind of didn't vibe with it. Yeah, didn't like it. In terms of his filmography, this is probably one of the better critically reviewed films mm-hmm. um but still there are a lot of people who did not all caps like it yeah um and i found the conversation to be really interesting because as someone who liked the film i am not like oh i can't believe they didn't like the film uh, you know yeah. it's like I, I found a lot of interesting things in negative reviews i've also seen some things that's like i don't know how you are published and you have a take like that yeah um i kind of uh, i kind of walked out of the movie thinking i will understand if people don't like this yep because it's kind of like going back to you know wine yep (laughs) it's kind of like a really dry red you know where it's like if you haven't had a lot of wine you may not like that and you you may not be able to drink the whole thing mm-hmm. but but if you are somebody that has likes red wine and likes and and partakes in wine sometimes you may really like this movie so it's kind of like if you've seen all the Shyamalan films you know his filmmaking you know kind of his point of view where he's coming from then this like automatically you're a leg up whenever you start this movie if you're going in cold and you haven't seen a Shyamalan film then this <laughs> is gonna be <laughs> yeah first of all how old are you? Where have you been? Second, uh, you may not like this or you may not enjoy it yeah. as much. So I, I kind of walked out thinking I'm if somebody comes up to me and says they didn't like it, I feel like I could work with that because it is um, very like uh, Shyamalan in that he is not giving you 
answers to questions you might have like on a platter. Yeah. And actually I heard one criticism and I disagreed with it at first, but then I came full circle. I thought, uh, one person I heard talking about it said they thought they over explained certain elements Mm -hmm. of the story. And I disagree with that at first. I was like, I felt like I left the movie slightly like confused having to really kind of think hard about it and simmer on it like we were saying but um i came full circle and i think that he did everything right visually Mm -hmm. for you to understand what was going on yeah um so yeah i don't know yeah and it's also tricky too because uh the ending is vastly different from the novel and i could get into that later for those who don't really want to read the book but want to know the differences right um and so people who love the novel probably had a hard time swallowing this ending because it it really does tackle the um the setup from a totally different angle really yeah because yeah. i haven't read the novel so i'm yeah I'm, uh, i know i know the different endings but i don't know the setup and everything yeah well no like just like the the setup of like the premise Okay. You know what I mean? Like the novel takes the premise and focuses way more on uh, what uh, the couple, like what their relationship means to them as as opposed to the world. Right. Whereas Shyamalan, I think, is way more interested in um, the choice. Yeah. And what that choice, like what accepting or not accepting that choice would mean. Right. And the novel is too, but it's way more affirmative of the couple's relationship staying together. Yeah. And the ambiguity of that choice. Whereas Shyamalan's more just like, like I'm more interested in the ambiguity after the choice. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So we can get to that later. Yeah. But just to say, as someone who read the book, even I, after watching the movie, was like, okay, I need to like, process how different that ending was yeah because it would have been real easy for me to be like nope like book was way different right i don't like this uh yeah well let's kind of take it from the top a little bit here and i mean we're not going to go through it like scene by scene or anything but the opening of the movie it's very apparent that this movie looks different Mm -hmm. than you know what you would usually see just in how it's shot, kind of the texture on screen. And Dave Batista comes in and he's like unbelievable in this movie. Yeah. He's so good. Like, I want to see him. I want to see him in like everything. I, I heard in an interview, he's trying to get like every genre. And I'm just like, like at Infinity this point, Stones. at this point, I'm just in, I'm here for it. Yeah. I, after that performance, I was just, I, I love Dave Batista now. Yeah. And I mean, everybody loved him whenever he was in Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time. It was like, or the first Guardians of the Galaxy. But um, no, I just, he, I thought he was so good in that movie, man. Yeah. It, it the movie does not waste any time starting. It, it just, that's exactly how the novel is too. It's just, yeah. here we are, winds outside collecting grasshoppers and Dave Bautista shows up and he's this big menacing uh, presence on the screen yeah and Shyamalan uses a lot of close-ups because I think he's really trying the viewer getting the viewer to feel how claustrophobic this story is so yeah. like 
Dave Bautista's close-ups just fill the screen. Yeah. You know, and then especially when they get into the cabin, there's a lot of interesting shots he does where um, he separates the family in the frame, and he usually he usually uses like Dave Bautista's like skull. Did you notice that? Yeah. It was like it's like here's one dad over here, here's Dave Bautista's huge skull, <laughs> and the, the other dad on the other side, and he does a lot of that. A lot of that stuff with framing to make you feel claustrophobic and, yeah. and to visually show how separated they are mm-hmm. by this choice, um, I thought was really cool. Did you think that the uh, the grasshoppers meant anything? The fact that she was tracking them and kind of keeping track of even their yeah. almost their attitude and I, naming I think, them. I think there there probably is. I haven't really focused on that. Um, I think there is something to the fact of like because of how eschatological it gets and the nature of like, is there a divine presence mm-hmm. kind of like judging us? Yeah. I think th- the idea of like judging and categorizing and, and having an objective presence, like when watching the grasshoppers, mm-hmm. I think there is a parallel between like what then happens to the family, how far you take that. I don't think it's meant to be taken like super far. No, you know, I, I almost felt like it was, uh, well, because I think her line at the beginning is, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to watch you and see right. I'm just going to watch you for a while. Yeah. And so I think that's a hint, you know, mm-hmm. just to the audience of, of yeah. what's going on. Because I, I always try to keep an eye out, especially in movies like these. I think the beginning five to ten minutes of a movie like this is so important. Yeah. Because especially a filmmaker like Shyamalan's going to, point you in it in that direct in the right direction as much mm-hmm. as he possibly can yeah. and so i i do think that this is heavily um there are like i don't think the religious tones are even undertones i feel like they're very upfront in this movie yeah. i feel like he is yeah. saying to a certain extent like there's a higher power of some kind in yeah. this movie well, I don't know. I, I think I think with this movie, it's a little tricky with the religion because I, I think there's a lot of bad faith takes. Right. You know, pun unintended. Uh, right. Where, <laughs> and I was talking, I was talking to you and some other people about it, but uh, it's like, it's, it's usually, I feel like when anytime, any type of spirituality, religion, anything like that remotely is in a story, people who are not religious automatically see it as how they see religion which is you know the hardcore fundamentalists you know what i mean yeah and and so i think a lot of people are reading but then the opposite happens with religious people where they're like that doesn't represent that doesn't represent my religion exactly so So, there's actually nothing religious about it right yeah Yeah. Uh, and it's just like i think what you have to do is just okay don't fill in your thoughts on religion. Yeah. Take the movie for what it's saying. And for a lot of people being like, well, this is actually a very affirmative movie about how uh, people with religious convictions are actually right. And we need to listen to them. And it's like, Uh, where are you getting that? Because the movie, none of the characters in the movie have a religion. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a, it's a matter of kind of living in the world where it's like, whenever you go to see a movie, you're going to buy in to whatever this world is that they're building. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's just kind of part of it. And I think oftentimes we do it subconsciously, right? Where it's just like, Oh, whenever I go see fast and furious 10, I don't think 
Dominic Toretto is going to like lift up a car and throw right. it at somebody and like kill them in real life. Yeah, like I don't, to, but you have to let the movie use its own logic. Yeah. But yeah. like I'm in the world. So it's like, okay, I committed to being in the world. So I'm just going to live in the world for a little while yeah. and have some fun. Uh, so it's with this movie, I definitely feel like you are, you're digging at what that is for yeah. the whole movie. And I think that's on purpose until about, you know, two thirds of the way through it becomes a little clearer yeah. what it, it is is going on. And this isn't me defending like Christian fundamentalists or anything like sure. or, or or any type of religious group that has like hardcore apocalyptic beliefs. Sure. That's I'm not defending. I'm just saying I don't think you can just take <clears throat> any of those and copy and paste them onto the characters in this film. Because if right. you just go off the narrative, you have like five people who had visions unrelated to any large religion in the known world just yeah. random visions and they meet on message message boards because they're like does anyone get this religion and they're reluctant yeah the only thing making them do this is that they are convinced their visions were real not yeah. that a particular religion was real but their own experience was real and if you ask them do you want to do this they all would have said no yeah and so, so, so I don't see it as a movie about, well, we need to listen to the religious extremists. Right. No, just because, you know, spoiler, we're going to jump in. Just, I was about to say, we're going to yeah. be hopping into some spoiler yeah. territory here very but quickly. But it's impossible <laughs> to talk about this, film. but like just because the apocalyptic scenario is real at the end of the movie, that's not the movie saying any type of religious apocalyptic scenario is true. Right. I, I think it's just... It's just a narrative premise for Shyamalan to explore ideas about sacrifice mm -hmm. and other spiritual ideas, but not necessarily, you know, religious institutional ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you hone in on those pieces of the movie and make up your mind about it, then you're going to miss a really great human story right. about sacrifice and about, you know, reluctantly doing what you believe is right, mm -hmm. even though it's hard and uh, really, really looks crazy. <laughs> well, since we've gotten here, let me ask you this. What did you think about the ultimate decision the family made? How did that sit with you? I mean, it sat like a rock in my stomach, right. you know, of course, mm -hmm. but, um, ultimately I think that I wouldn't, Ooh, it's so that this is what the movie does so well, right. is it makes the decision impossible. Mm -hmm. It really does. And I was sitting and maybe you didn't feel this way, but I was sitting there in that movie and I was like, I have no idea what I would do. Right. I do not know. I still am confused. Like, I still don't know what I would do. Because, like, I've got a little family of three. Me, my wife, and my yeah. kid. And I, like, obviously, I would want Carly to kill me. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that sound bite out of context. <laughs> obviously like yeah. i i would want carly to kill me it'd be like yeah just kill me just in case mm -hmm. but you know it would be convincing her to do that because 
you know, she probably wouldn't believe that this was going on. So sitting there watching the movie, I was really like torn at like, what do you do? Like, this is an impossible situation. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I, you know, I, I think that's something Shyamalan was exploring was, you know, yeah. Families don't have to make that choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think there is something to the fact that he wanted to tell a story about how hard it is to make choices for your kids in this world. Yeah. And, and, like, and I think it goes to that narrative of, uh, one, uh, I can't remember if it was Andrew or the, other, the one that had the bad relationship with his parents. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get their names mixed up. I think it was Andrew, but, uh, I think he was trying to kind of say like, we eliminate members of our family sometimes when we don't agree with them or we don't, like their choices or uh we we uh, almost dehumanize people at this point that we disagree with or don't decide that we don't like for whatever reason but they're still very much human beings and um it's it's almost like a i think maybe he was saying it's almost like a death in the family or like whenever you lose those close family members that you love and those relationships are broken and you can't figure out how to heal them. Yeah. Uh, so like there are, there are choices that you have to make as a family that aren't apocalyptic, but do feel kind of possible. Like, you know, this parent won't accept me. Do yeah. I, do I still try? Do yeah. I? Uh, yeah. And, so, but I, I say that to get back to your point of, I think he was using it's it's easy to watch the movie and be like, oh, it's an apocalypse, uh, an apocalypse film. Mm -hmm. It's fatalist and crazy. Yeah. But I think he was very much using this world and using an apocalypse and using these relationships and this kind of crazy scenario to say something about being human mm -hmm. and making hard choices. And I think he was playing in that world and playing with uh, with that heavy subject matter in that way. Yeah. And that kind of wraps back to a previous video that we made about horror movies and why we think that there can be very deep subtext in a lot of horror movies. Mm -hmm. It's for that reason, because you get this world to play in yeah. that is kind of out there and uh, and the rules are different. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think that's kind of was his yeah. direction a little bit. Yeah, and just for those who are curious, like the book ends in a more ambiguous tone. And, and the, the biggest difference between the movie and the novel is that in the novel, the daughter accidentally dies. That while they're wrestling for the gun, it goes off and hits wind. And so it's just the two dads and uh, Dave Bautista's character. Yeah. And so kind of similarly, Dave Bautista's character, you know, like he's the last one of the, of the, you know, horsemen or whatever, though in the novel, they're not horsemen, but uh, right. he's the last one. So he kills himself to, you know, to complete the ritual. And then the dads have to. So it's their... more straight up in the novel. Like there's no, like it's the, there's no portion of the novel where it's like each Horsemen represents a piece of humanity. No, there's like, none of there's that. None they're, of that. Just, they're just they're, they're just, just straight up people that had visions that. Yep. And oh the, wow. The novel does not give you an ounce of 
oh, this apocalyptic thing is true. It, it keeps the ambiguity of, are these people crazy or is their visions true? You never, oh, wow. you never know. Because how the novel ends is once the last guy kills himself to you know keep the ritual going yeah the two dads uh one one is kind of like the movie one's like you know just just get rid of me uh you know use me the sacrifice and you just live your life and but because they already lost their daughter the other dad's like no it would be a slap in the face to make this choice after we unfairly lost our daughter because well because dave batista I think I heard this, and the novel says that didn't count. That didn't count. No, when dying in the novel did not count because they didn't choose her. Yeah. And so he's like, we've already unfairly lost our kid. It would be a slap in the face to then go forward with this choice. Right. So no matter what, me and you are sticking together because we're not letting, you know, this choice separate us. Yeah. No matter what happens. Right. And then they walk off down the road, novel ends. You never know. Whoa. So that's how the novel ends. Yeah. I think by, I think the more I've thought about it, the more I've go. You know so what? There's, there's quite a bit more yeah. settling in the movie where it's like yeah. by the end of the movie, there's there's a compared to that, there's a lot more uh, satisfying conclusion, I guess you could say. Yeah. Even though I think people would argue that the movie has very little, like it's not necessarily satisfying. Like yeah. they, he doesn't give you all the answers on a silver platter, which no. is very much on purpose. No, but there, there's a little bit like, okay, we know it's real yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest difference in the movie is that when never dies, which I understand why Shyamalan did not go that route because you can't have a wide release movie where you just kill a, a kid that young. Well, and also that kid was too cute. Yeah. It just, you can't like, I remember reading the novel and when, when gets shot, I was like that, that can't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, so, but then more I've thought about the movie ending because it, it, it was kind of tough to swallow the movie ending, like having read the novel. And the more right. I've thought about it, I'm like, you know what? With Wynn being alive in the movie, it makes the, their decision in the movie um, make more sense. Because in the, I get in the book, if you've unfairly lost your daughter and then they're like, we'll still make a choice, you're going to be like middle finger like, no. Yeah. But in the movie, if you still have your daughter and that's the whole reason he makes that sacrifice is because he's thinking about his daughter's future. Yeah. It makes more sense to make that sacrifice then. And this is where I feel like it's unfair to dismiss Shyamalan's ending because I think he's interested in something else, which is I think Shyamalan was like, OK, let's just accept there is this unfair, crazy, apocalyptic choice a family has to make. Let's just accept that. Mm. I'm interested in is the choice to save humanity worth it? Because the more I thought about the movie ending, I think that's what he's getting at is he's going there. There is something bitter about the ending of the movie where the, the remaining dad and the daughter drive off. Yeah. And that scene where they're like, they play that song Uh and they turn it off. I, I think that scene is there to show like, they're still not sure if the right choice was made. Yeah. And I think that's what Shyamalan was interested in. Yeah. Is Okay. Is this sacrifice the one dad makes for his family and for the world? Is it worth it if that one family is broken? If the rest of the world can go back to some sort of, you know, normalcy? Like, is that worth it? And then I think about, like, what he's saying in general is, like, families like theirs. In any family, the choices we have to make, like, 
at the end of the day, if you have to make that type of sacrifice, like, is it really worth it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. And I think that's where Shyamalan's ending does have ambiguity. And all these people saying like, oh, Shyamalan reduced this, you know, ambiguous, complex novel into something messianic messianic and straightforward. I'm like, I don't think that's true. I think there is a little bit of doubt at the end of his film. And uh, I thought that was interesting. And I get what the novel's saying. The novel's saying like, you know what? You know, uh, non-straight families have to make sacrifices based on all these people and we're just not going to make that choice anymore and that's what the novel is about and i get that and i think as for the novel story that's a good ending yeah but for the movie i think he was more interested in okay that story's been told what about this side of it what a, what a fascinating angle to take and way to change a movie yeah isn't that's i think that's really interesting he made some really interesting choices changing the movie and i think people may say, well, the book is better than the movie or something like that. But really, they are pretty different from the way that you're describing them. Yeah, I like that both versions now exist. I think that's cool. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they are, it's the same characters, Mm -hmm. but the, the direction that the story goes seems to be completely different. The message message seems to be completely different. Because I, it sounds like you're saying that the book really is kind of about finding your, uh, this is going to sound weird, but like finding your selfishness in a good way. Yeah. Like not, I, I think the book is really going for more like, and these ambiguous, like into the, like when it feels like the world's ending, oh, but you're it's not like, sure. It's like learning how to say no and not yes to everything it's like well, it's finding just, it's not it's not a, like playing their games yeah you know what and I mean? it's, it's, it's like, like finding you like a healthy way to think of yourself almost where it's like yeah. this is of course like on the biggest like scale you could possibly have uh with the backdrop of an apocalypse yeah but like in the smallness of it mm-hmm. it's two people choosing to be like no we're choosing each other yeah. as long as we have each other like we're going to be good. And that seems like what the movie's about or what the book is about. But the movie seems to be much more about sacrifice, what that means, right. the cost. And I love your interpretation of the ending of, is it worth it? Yeah. Now that it's all said and done, is it worth it? Which does kind of harken back to the book a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a really interesting it's... way to change that story. Um, yeah, wow, that's awesome, dude. I I I had kind of thought about it up and we were kind of together up until you said that part about asking the question is it is humanity worth saving yeah. that kind of thing cuz I think um I've had those I've had those thoughts a little bit with when you have a kid you're like, "Oh my gosh. I'm bringing in like a yeah. little tiny human into this." crazy crazy world like this crazy stuff he's gonna have to go through everything that i went through but like times 10 and uh you think about that you're like man is this man i'm i'm setting him up for some yeah some heartache and that's a weird thing to think about yeah i Uh, think i think it's easy to watch the film and see it as a prescriptive story which is like oh you know like 
you have to do that. Like, you know, like it was good that the gay man sacrificed his life for a world that doesn't believe in him. And it's like, it's not, it's not, I think I could see how you could see it that way. But it's not a prescriptive story. It's not saying like this is how it should be. People should well, it's people should questions. kick down the door of a of a gay family's home and make them make a sacrifice, and they were right to make that sacrifice. Yeah. I, again, like I think the movie's saying, if they make that sacrifice, the movie's then asking, was it worth it? Uh huh. And especially like, you know, and I, I have no room to talk about you know like gay stories. You know, sure. like. I, I, I don't belong to that community. I have no reason to speak for them. So if they're people who watch that movie of that community and it felt wrong to them, that's fair. Mm-hmm. But at least to me, I saw it as like, here's a guy who loves his husband and daughter so much that he wanted to give his life for them to have a future and a love like he had. And it's like, I don't see how that's disparaging to that community at all, but right. I could be wrong. Um, and, and then at the same time, the movie leaves room to be like, well, should he have made that choice? Like, was that even right? And that's yeah. where I'm like, I think that's where Shyamalan has that like complexity and thoughtfulness to it. Yeah. Well, and I think that at the end of the day, that is his goal is mm-hmm. to leave you, you know, your stomach kind of churning on this decision that was made and everything that it means. So in that way, uh, the movie was very effective mm-hmm. on me because, I mean, it gives you a lot to chew on. And yeah. uh, I thought in that way it succeeded because I was thinking about it for like a day or two solid yeah. after after watching it. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I, I've definitely gone back and forth was at first I was like oh I liked it I didn't like it as much as the novel and the more I thought about it I'm like really forced myself to just think about it as the story in the movie not compared to anything else just right. this story and I've come to appreciate it but I guess I, I felt the opposite whenever I walked out I was kind of unsure mm-hmm. I was like I liked it visually I liked everything that was happening but I just don't feel like I'm on solid ground about what the movie was trying to say Yeah, and and I think that's kind of where Shyamalan wanted the audience a little bit was like find the ground yeah find your footing and over the course of days thinking about it and stuff I found some footing and I actually really started to like the movie a lot I just I hate this rush to have a take yeah like I don't think this movie uh sits well with that because it I, I just think no matter where you land like if you just walk out of theater and have a take and post it I don't think you're being fair to the movie because I, I know for myself, like I watched the movie and I, I read some reviews and I went on letterbox and I saw someone <laughs> compare the ending to the ending of uh, the graduate. And I was oh. like, Oh, that like unlocked something for me because, Oh, interesting. Because you know how the graduate yeah. has famously been misinterpreted where it's like interesting where it's like a happy ending. Yeah, like everyone oh, thinks the got, graduate's yeah, a happy ending, but if you really watch it, you really watch it and you it, and you watch their, their faces close-up, change. And it's like, oh, the movie's actually yeah. asking, are they getting ahead of themselves? Yeah. And then I, I when they made that comparison to this movie, I was like, Oh, when when and the other dad get in the car and that happy song plays and they turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, go to the diner. They see how relieved everyone else is, but they're still leaving that diner broken. Yeah. 
and it's it's a it's just like a you just see their sad little truck drive off and i'm like this is not a triumphant ending this is not the movie saying well they made the right choice it's like no is there a right choice when it's an impossible choice you know like no and so as soon as i read that i was like oh oh okay this isn't Shyamalan being like the the messianic sacrifice is the choice Right. Yeah. I, th- I think I think he's saying it's a choice, and there's a way to read into the movie that I think is wrong. Where it's like, I on on one hand, I kind of understand why people would say some of the stuff they're saying because it's like the the movie does. If you read it the wrong way, it can come across like, oh, sacrifice is good, you mm-hmm. know, and they sacrifice for the greater good. And that was that was great and mm-hmm. mission success where it's like yeah. kind of feels a little overly cut and dry. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, that's not how I felt whenever I left the theater. But I think if you want to read it that way, there's a way that you can find that. But uh, no, I think that is that's a great comparison there at the graduate when their yeah. faces change in the back take of the credit bus for it when their faces change in the back of the bus and you can mm-hmm. see in their faces that they start to question, is this the right move? Was this the right thing to do? We yeah. felt certain about it at the time. Um, yeah, that is kind of similar, but uh, yeah. overall, I, I, I really liked the movie, especially after I had a couple days to think on it. Um, to me, I feel like I just keep liking his movies. Mm-hmm. Michelle's movies more and more uh it feels like there's so much intention in them yeah like that he has just thought it all the way to its conclusion uh especially in these recent movies that he's been doing uh i haven't watched a tv show on apple tv but i've heard it's good oh yeah sir um mm-hmm. so i feel like i feel like he kind of devoted some time to those yeah. Uh, in between old and knock at the cabin, I feel like he hasn't been making as many movies and he's been doing more of that TV show, but, yeah. uh, I've really been liking what he's been doing. Uh, and yeah. it just seems like he, it just seems like he has a vision and he sticks to it. And I think that if we're going to call movies art, then we need artists that have a vision for what it is they want to do. And they bring that to life and, and, uh, you know, it's their point of view. And so as we go into that world, we have to keep that in mind and be like, okay, we're going into somebody else's point of view to try and gain perspective. So I, in that way, I really like it because it seems like he has a lot of intention in what he's doing. Yeah, no, my, my boy Shyamalan, man. Uh, you guys for, are boys now. Yeah, we're boys. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, for oh, how much, uh, just criticism he gets and yeah. rough online, the guy is, in my opinion, one of the best visual directors like working today. Yeah. And I, I think because of the popularization of some of the nitpicky things people have done to his stories, and the patterns they found, you know, uh people just go into his movies like just ready to just find something to dismiss it. Yeah. And I yeah. think, and, and this is anyone, if you're a Shyamalan hater, you know, that's fair. 
I'm not going to sit here and say you have to love all his movies. I'm not going to sit here and say he's perfect as a storyteller. But yeah, to anyone who doesn't like him, I would just challenge you to like go to his movies and maybe not maybe not like the last Airbender or you know those ones, but happening. Like go to the ones that <laughs> you see people praising online and tell yourself, I am just going to be open to what he's doing visually. Yeah, and because how he tells stories visually. He's up there with some of the best. Let me call right a now. timeout though. Let me call a timeout though on uh Lady in the Water, The Last Airbender, and The Happening. I just want to call a timeout because I feel like everybody says those movies are terrible. And you know, they're kind of about some of uh, you know, that they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But you have to admire a guy willing to just do his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, this is a guy who's a filmmaker and he's just doing what he loves. And he is like, maybe people didn't like it. Maybe Mm -hmm. they did, but he's making his films. And like, you have to respect somebody going out there and taking a big swing on something like The Happening, which, you know, which is like... I didn't like it. I don't know. I want to rewatch that happening. It's been too long. It has been a really long time since I've watched it. Maybe we can unlock something that we didn't know about before. But uh, at the time, whenever I watched it, I didn't really like it. Uh, Maybe it'll age better on me. But, uh, you know, that's a big swing to take. And you have to respect that. So even on the movies that aren't, like, critically acclaimed or whatever, you got to respect the swing. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, some people talk about Shyamalan like he's Tommy Wiseau. Oh my like, God. There is a vast difference between whatever Tommy Wiseau did on The Room. You know what I mean? And like, just a like, a huge difference. Just yeah. like, can't even compose a shot, like, dialogue that felt yeah. like it was created by like a, a three year old AI, you know, like, <laughs> like a toddler AI. Yeah. Uh, like, you, like, you took a toddler brain and then a computer, and it's just like, it, it doesn't feel human at all. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's, like, entertaining in a bad way. And, like, even if you take Shyamalan's worst movies, the guy can compose a shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, yeah. he's, like, can we stop being so disrespectful that we treat him like he doesn't I know almost, how to, like... I almost feel like he had some movies come out that were so widely loved that whenever he started, like, taking some of these bigger risks, mm-hmm. people, I think, were mad because they weren't, like... Yeah. This every movie wasn't like peaking like the the odometer at like yeah. I, this is so enjoyable and has like a great message and like has all these things that make me feel good yeah. and it's well, like, like great. You, and- you take the village. I'm convinced most people hated the village and still do because they thought they were getting something as like yeah more closer to the sixth sense than more just like a gothic romance. That movie was awesome. The village. And everyone's like, everyone talks about the twist, but they talk about the twist in terms of like, did it get me? I'm so sick but of the this twist. Twist talk. It's it's like that's not what the twist was saying. The twist was there to highlight the theme of the movie, which is how like communities use um, secrets and, uh, for lack of a better term, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To to mask over their pain, and yeah. so like the whole movie is about how this community has. Um, refuse to address the true pain and like that's happened to them 
by creating this false narrative and, uh-huh. and, and through isolation. And that's so true. You see so many communities that use isolation, families use isolation uh-huh. to cut off information to mask like tragedy and pain. Yeah. That's what the movie is. And if you, you can sit there and be like, well, was the twist effective or not? It's like, it, it's not a twist in the sense, the sixth sense where it's going to like make you just like gasp, you yeah. know, but, uh, well, and, and also if you watch the sixth sense, <laughs> six, the sixth sense, what closely, he's kind of telling you throughout the yeah. film. Yeah. Like, you know, he lets you know, kind of. Yeah. And, and like, people are like, Oh, I thought it was going to be the scary movie. Well, guess what? It wasn't. So, <laughs> So address it for them what the movie actually is. He doesn't I feel like everything that he does too gets branded as like a thriller. Yeah. Or like a scary movie or this, that, and the other. And it's like his I don't really think he makes scary movies. I mean, he uses the cinematic language of like horror or thrillers to tell stories about families. All of his movies yeah. are about do you ever think like all of his movies are about families. Yeah. And all of his movies are about um, we actually made a video on this. So if you want to go back, we made a movie, a uh, video why, called how why it's great on YouTube. Yeah. Why it's great. How all of Shyamalan's movies are connected thematically uh-huh. and all of his movies really are about how um, people's beliefs um, affect how they live. Mm-hmm. So it's about the power of beliefs. So like you take like uh, the sixth sense, unbreakable. Here are people who are lying to themselves, you know, like David, David Dunn doesn't accept that he has these superpowers. And yeah. then uh, in Sixth Sense, he doesn't accept the fact that he's actually dead. Yeah. Um, you have, I don't know, you have to watch the video. I'm kind of trying to remember what we wrote back then. But <laughs> right. all, of his, all of his movies are about how beliefs manifest in people's lives. Uh-huh. And for better or worse. And how you can, you can lie to yourself or, you know, create a delusion based on your lack of belief in yourself or lack of belief in reality. Uh-huh. And so uh, how I like to say it is uh, people say, you know, seeing is believing, but I feel like for Shyamalan, believing is seeing like what you believe affects what, what you, you see. see and what you think is true. Yeah. And he uses that in the superhero genre and he uses that with signs and the, the, the faith metaphors there. And, there's a lot of rich thematic content in his movies yeah. that people just kind of dismiss. That old saying, perception is reality yeah, kind of thing. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we both love M. Night Shyamalan. Dude, and he's my boy. He's got a lot of slack. He just signed a, a deal with boy. Warner Brothers. Is that right? Yeah, so first wow. look deal at Warner Brothers. That's cool. That's awesome. I Yeah, I get excited every time he's got a movie coming out because I know it's going to be original. And that's the thing that like, People are talking about Knock at the Cabin because it's original and yeah. it like says something. And uh, and it's well shot. And a lot of if, movies aren't that way. Even if you don't like the ending, you know, two thirds of it is a really intense thriller. Yeah. And just claustrophobic. And so I don't know, like. We came into the discussion late, a couple weeks late. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we came in time for people to kind of like let their guard down, not, you know, be so defensive about whatever they felt about the film yeah. and could be a little bit more open. Ultimately, yeah. Allow yourself to, to be in the world. Allow yourself to to just live the perspective of the characters, see through their eyes a little bit. And, and I think you'll enjoy the movie. Yeah. So. so. 
Yeah. So hopefully we can be a little bit more on time with whatever our next discussion is. Yes. But uh, I did, as of the recording of this episode, I just dropped a video essay on Steven Spielberg's The Fablements. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't seen that, check that out. It's a quick little four minute video about why you're wrong about The Fablements. So, and we got some more stuff coming up. uh, But, you know, life's been a little busy. I'm in the process of a move. Sure. Evan's. Well, I don't want to speak for you, but you got some big yeah. life changes and stuff. So. I got big life changes happening, and uh, it's just a busy time. We'll talk about it on the yeah. podcast. I mean, there though. are balloons in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are UFOs. Yeah. Next week in our episode, we'll talk a little bit about it on the podcast, and yeah. uh, you'll have to listen to find out what it is. Yeah. Well, until then. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>